Welcome everyone to our NCAA social series, our episode number 22. I'm your host, Andy Katz. I'm pleased to be joined by a number of student athletes from across the country. We'll start with Cal volleyball player, Presley Anderson, Michigan football player, Adam Shipley, and Kentucky basketball player, Keon Brooks Jr. Uh, I wanna go around here because there's obviously been a ton of news. You're all affected in different ways and what's happening on your respective campuses. Uh, as to what's happening with your seasons. Uh, Keon, obviously, your season hasn't started yet, so you've got some time. Hopefully, things will start at least relatively on time. Uh, so, Preston, let's start with you. I mean, the Pac-12 came out uh, and said, basically, no fall sports, nothing till January 1st. You're at home in Arizona rather than Berkeley. Uh, so, take me through first just the reaction, that raw reaction when you heard what the decision was with the Pac-12. Yeah, um, being a senior, it definitely hit me a little bit different than I think maybe someone who has a few more years of eligibility. Um, I think our whole team was kind of anticipating negative news just because um, obviously given the, the COVID situation, um, the protocol set up at different schools, how it was different. So that would kind of affect our scheduling and whatnot. So I think, again, I kind of anticipated the bad news, but when it became official, it definitely hit differently. Um, I obviously wanted to, you know, have my last year at Cal be like any other year, um, normal with the preseason, you know, with fans in the stands. But um, as they kind of started acknowledging kind of what our season would look like, it was kind of disappointing, even if I think they were to follow through with the season, just kind of, you know, taking away the competitive aspect of having fans and interacting with the other team. Um, it just kind of sucks. And it's just part of the situation that we're in now but yeah I think I anticipated the decision but once it became official it um it obviously made me super disappointed with the outcome all right so we're going to address what's next here shortly but Adam uh, the Big Ten monumental decision as well uh pushing fall sports potentially to the spring which we'll talk about momentarily here uh you guys had started practice you still are practicing uh what's been your reaction to the news that uh, there will not be football at the big house this fall. It's definitely saddening. Um, I'm a senior as well, just like Presley. And I really was building up my own confidence this season and felt like I was going to have a great year. And a lot of my teammates felt the same way. Uh, so we all were pretty bummed by the news, but uh, we took it the Michigan way and just continued practicing the night we found out. And you know, we're not stopping for anything. We're just trying to get better at football and uh, going to continue to do our part and be as safe as possible when we're in the building. So, Keon, as I said, you guys have some time. Uh, mm -hmm. Hopefully we'll start on time or shortly thereafter. But what, what's it been like to be back at Kentucky to go through these, these limited workouts, um, obviously with the proper protocol so far? It's been a lot different, from, especially from what I'm used to. Um, I'm the only returner, so it's, it's, it's kind of this thing is kind of new normal for our freshmen and all our incoming new players. But um, we're, we're all taking it in stride. You know, um, we're following the proper protocols and just doing everything that we can to make sure that you know, we're staying healthy, but also, you know, getting our, our good training in and making sure that, you know, we, we follow every all the rules and protocols to make sure that we all stay safe. Yeah, I mean, as a sophomore in Kentucky, obviously, a lot of sophomores have become you know, the leaders under John Calipari. Um, how much added responsibility has that been for you, Keon, to, to make sure that your teammates 
you know, follow the procedures to ensure that we have a season? Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a, a burden that I'm taking on, but, um, you know, I'm ready for it. And also, you know, um, I understand, you know, we have a lot of new guys, a lot of freshmen, you know, you, you want to be able to live life when you finally get to college, go out, enjoy yourself. But just the times that we're in, I try to explain to them that, you know, this, this is not the norm. This is abnormality is different. And, um, you know, but if we want to have a season, we have to, you know, follow the rules, the protocols to make sure we're staying safe so we can eventually have a season. So to Keon's point, um, and, and I know, Presley, you're not on campus, but we'll talk about that here momentarily. But for, for you, Adam, you know, look, we can't ignore what's going on around the country. Uh, and I don't want to put this only at the blame of, of students that are living off campus or on, but, you know, clearly administrators are not messing around. I mean, we've seen that uh, students are getting um, disciplined, expelled from student housing, um, you know, if they're having parties. And it's just not the norm right now to, to have those kind of so social gatherings that are large, uh, that potentially could be super spreaders. And we're seeing what happened at North Carolina and Notre Dame and Michigan State, your rival. Uh, NC State, you know, making some tough decisions. Uh, what have you seen at Michigan in terms of student athletes and regular students really trying to be peer counselors, if you will, to say, look, you know, you'll have plenty of time to party at some other time, but now is not the time. Yeah, I mean, I got back on campus early June, and um, right away, like, there was just a different commitment to staying safe and I believe all of our student athletes have been really good about that. Uh, you know, I live with four others, so that's kind of a nice group I get to hang out with on a daily basis. And there's really no need to try and push that to 30 people or even more than that uh, right now. But a lot of the students are starting to come back from their hometowns now as school's about to start up in a couple weeks. And uh, there's definitely like a different energy that feels to be uh, beginning around our campus, but we just got to continue to stay focused and stay smart in this time. So Presley, for someone who's not on campus, uh, you're watching this all unfold from afar. What are you hoping that these other students around the country, potentially those that are even in Berkeley, um, you know, make sure that they do so that uh, all of you can return to some sense of normalcy, you know, hopefully uh, at the latest at the beginning of 21. Yeah, I, th I think it's hard because um, I think everyone's just kind of stubborn and selfish in their own ways. And you, they don't realize like the impact of, I mean, I think North Carolina was a great example, like how just going back to school and trying to um, maintain that normal college, college life um, ended up like sending people home in their dorms that they just moved into a week earlier. So um, especially for student athletes, I know. Um, Adam and Keon both kind of touched on it. It's just, you just got to know your priorities, you know, like how much does the sport really mean to you? We're all here because obviously we want to excel for them. They have the league after, so it's even more so important. But um, I think uh, just making sure that we're being leaders throughout our teams and throughout our um, respective athletic departments is going to be huge. And that will hopefully create kind of like a wave in a sense. So that way other, other athletic departments start catching on that. Um, if we want to have a season anytime soon, there's, there's just got to be rules and structure that we have to follow. And nobody wants to do it, but we all want to play and, you know, enjoy the, enjoy the feeling of winning a game again. All right. So to that point, Presley, go back to you. Um, the spring or the, or the winter, um, you know, these sports were postponed. They weren't canceled. There's still hope that the fall sports 
uh, will be played at some point in 2021. Uh, so with that as a caveat, um, how hopeful and optimistic are you that you will still get that senior season uh, at some point uh, during this 2021? Yeah, um, I try and stay as hopeful as I can. You know, obviously, you kind of have to take it day by day with this situation because um, I'm sure just as the other two know, like they're probably getting bombarded with emails from campus updates. You know, it's not just um, athletes that are being affected. It's other college students as well, which kind of makes it even harder attending such large universities like we do. But um, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for a spring season that who knows, once uh, 2020 is over and the bad luck is, is out the door that we can finally start playing our sport again. And I, I'm curious to see kind of how that dynamic will look with us stacking on top of the basketballs and um, the other spring sports that are trying to have a season as well. Adam, really quickly from you before we're going to shift uh, here with Keon. Yeah, I, I really don't know what to think anymore, but what I'm doing is putting my head down. I'm going to continue to work, and that's what all of our teammates are doing. So we're all going to hope for the best, but it, it's just like Presley said, day by day, continuing to focus on how to get better and, and perfecting our craft each day. So, All right, so all three of you um, have important roles off the field of play, off the court. And, Keon, I want to start with you. The NABC, the National Association of Basketball Coaches, has come up with a player development coalition. And you are a member of that with a number of other high profile top returning players. And this is about engagement with the student athletes, the high profile men's basketball players with a number of issues. Obviously COVID-19 is one, but most importantly, um, you know, I, I would argue probably social justice issues and, and activism. Um, what do you hope that you can get out of this engagement that can be applied at a campus like the University of Kentucky? Uh, the big thing for me was, you know, social justice and, you know, player empowerment, just to get uh, other athletes, other basketball players, and just, you know, college athletes in general to understand that, you know, we're more than an athlete. We we have voices and we have pretty good platforms to, you know, to inform people that, you know, their voices can be heard, their voices should be heard, and that, you know, that we are not just, like I said, athletes that just go out and play our sports and go home. We We live normal lives just like everyone else and that, you know, when we use our voices to help others, I think that's a great thing that we can do. And Adam, you're a member of the Big Ten Anti-Hate and Anti-Racism Coalition that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think that was in June when that came out. And there's a number of players, obviously, across the 14 Big Ten schools. What are you hopeful will come out of that coalition? Uh, I think the whole coalition is very hopeful that we will create some significant changes on our campuses uh, and within our athletic departments. Uh, I've already seen some change starting to take place. We're having monthly unity calls uh, with our campus. Like all the student athletes are welcome, all the coaches and administrators. And it's kind of just a safe space for us to talk about different experiences and people are coming forward and really feels like that's starting to make a difference. But also we're hoping that uh, people will start to actively think about the issues at hand much more than they were prior to the coalition forming. Presley, yours uh, that you're involved in are athletes using their power. Uh, what have you seen so far with that organization? Yeah, I mean, um, kind of they both touched on it, but kind of just showing that we're more than athletes, you know, we're more than our sport. 
um, at the end of the day, like what we go through our individual experience are still are still valid and we can still react the way any human would react, even though um, sometimes like what we do in our sport seems so inhumane. And so I'm kind of just trying to use my platform and my social media following to kind of gain more traction to, you know, the issues with race that are so predominant, maybe not in everybody's community, but in some of my teammates in my community and kind of like how that looks, um, even if it's not like overt racism, it's just like microaggressions that are, I think, uh, pretty predominant um, that are a little bit harder to recognize, but still need to um, kind of be diminish in a way. Keon, these conversations that the players and coaching staffs had, you know, really in the, in the weeks, maybe even the days um, after George Floyd's murder and the video obviously went viral and, and the protests across the country. I mean, everyone I've talked to, they've been incredibly raw uh, in these Zoom calls. Uh, now, obviously, you're able to at least be in person to some degree. But what were those early discussions like when, when you and your teammates and John Calperi and the staff got together to discuss this? Uh, I, I want to give Coach Kyle his credit. He, he did a great job of making sure that we, we understood the severity of the situation and, and the, the social climate that, that we were in uh, as a country. Um, he brought in, uh, you know, we got a Zoom call together. He brought in um, one of our head police officers and, you know, explained to us how we need to, how we should act and react to, you know, to other law enforcement and, and things like that. Uh, so, um, like I said, he did a great job of just making sure that we understood that, you know, that this, that this situation was, was something that's scary. And um, quite frankly, it could happen to any of us, especially us, um, you know, being a team of, full of minorities for the most part, you know, it's, it, it's, it's something that's really scary. And uh, I, I like, I would, like I said, I will really want to thank Coach Kyle for, you know, making sure that we, they sat down with us and took the time to make sure that we knew that, you know, things are serious and, you know, how do we should react and, and act towards, you know, other law enforcement to make sure we can go home and see our families at night. And, and Cal's actually been at the forefront of the new McClendon mm -hmm. initiative uh, that empowers and, you know, universities to look at uh, obviously hiring uh, and getting opportunity for minorities in departments across the country. Uh, and there's funding for that. And, and really there's an outreach. So he's done an outstanding job getting that going with Tommy Emmerker from Harvard. Uh, let me shift to you, uh, Adam and Presley. Conversations, those first raw conversations with teammates and staff. What were they like? Jim Harbaugh, the Michigan staff for your football team. And then Brett Presley, for you with your volleyball team, why don't you go first, Adam? Yeah, uh, it was definitely very emotional. Uh, we had a Zoom call as a full team. All the staff was on it as well. And uh, Coach Harbaugh gave anyone the opportunity to speak that felt like they wanted to get something off of their chest. And uh, multiple of my teammates spoke. And then I spoke about how being an ally on the team um, is super important as well and spoke to all the people that could be a potential ally. And um, we all just kind of talked about how the team culture should be reflected in the community as well, because we feel like we do a great job of connecting people of all different races, people from different countries. Um, and just to see that work on an everyday basis, like, we just know that there is potential for that to change in our communities where people can operate together so well and, 
and we can get rid of the microaggressions, get rid of all the racism. Um, so it was a, it was definitely a powerful conversation and I give coach Harbaugh credit as well. He's always been super committed to having those conversations and, and being an advocate for change. Adam, what'd you hear from maybe any potential, uh, any African-American teammates uh, that might've, you know, set you back a little bit that maybe was uh, something that you had not heard before, or maybe had not realized. Yeah. One of my good friends, Cam McGrone, uh, he's our starting linebacker, spoke about an incident where him and three other teammates were pulled over uh, last summer. And the officer kept them on the side of the road for over two hours, was continuing to harp on them with different questions and just would not stop. And Cam actually posted a video to his Twitter and just watching that really opened my eyes and, and realized what a struggle this is for different African-American teammates of mine. And, um, African-American men as a whole um, and women. But yeah, I would just say seeing that really was something mm, that just moved me and leaves me speechless. Presley, before, I want to just shift back to Keon for a second here. Um, Keon, when you hear that, uh, Wavy, when you're talking to your staff, um, I'm sure there were individuals that, you know, had not heard stories like that, that I'm sure you've heard countless times, uh, or parents who have not had to have that talk with their son about what you do at night if law enforcement engages with you because they don't even think about it. Um, what did you hear from teammates or even from coaches when they heard stories that happen every day in this country? I think um, with the conversation that we had, um, even myself and, other, and my other teammates, we we came to, you know, a realization that this could happen to any one of us um, at the end of the day. Um, that we're kind of, I would say, ignorant to the fact that, you know, that we're, we're, we're athletes and we think that just because we go to these big universities or whatever that something isn't going to happen to us, but it can. And um, I really think that with the conversation that we had, it made me really, you know, put it in the forefront of my mind and really made me open my eyes even more about, it, does, it doesn't matter who you are or, or where you're from. You can be subject to these, to these heinous crimes or acts. And um, like I said, it, it's scary, but if we just continue to educate one another, I feel like we can push through it and get through it together. Presley, I want to give you a chance to tell me what happened when you guys had one of these conversations early on. Yeah, so for my team, I mean, even in the sport of volleyball, you know, black female volleyball players um, are definitely rare. Um, and so I think it's, it was almost more shocking to them to kind of hear um, the few experiences that myself and um, my two other black teammates kind of had that they were very unaware about, you know, because again, it's almost like um, what Keon was saying about kind of being ignorant about the situation and it's to no fault of their own. It's, it's the community, it's the people that they're around and the community that they're with. They don't really have to um, actively think about, you know, the the racist the, the racist remarks or the microaggressions, you know. Um, but to me, it's it's very real, you know. Like my dad, um, who's half black, he looks like he could be almost full. Like he has very dark skin tone. And so when I saw the George Floyd thing, I just think, you know, I'm. I was sitting there, kind of like this could be my brother, who has again darker complexion than me. This could could have been my dad. And I, I think like once I kind of translated that and kind of created like an open space for 
my teammates to kind of talk um, or just kind of ask questions or just more so even listen about like why this affected me so much and kind of projected me into like speaking about it. Um, I think it kind of, I, I could see their mindset shift. I saw them, you know, create, uh, want to create a deeper relationship with, with, with me. So that way they're more comfortable talking about race because the issue really is, is that no one's really comfortable talking about it. And, you know, as student athletes, when you're supposed to be tough and it's all about the sport and getting, getting in, getting work done, getting down, um, getting out, it's, it's, it's hard to talk about um, those type of conversations that really do affect some of your teammates um, more so than others. So to that point, Presley, I mean, what, what's it been like being a minority in a mostly white sport? Um, yeah, I mean, I, at first, I think growing up, I didn't really realize it that like every single one of my teammates didn't look like me and even myself with lighter complexion and can kind of pass for for multiple races, I think that that also gets kind of overlooked, which kind of feeds into, you know, more microaggressions about me, you know, kind of acting too white or, or having way too many white friends, which kind of discredits um, who I am as a person and kind of how I was raised. And so it was kind of really important for me to find my voice. And, um, you know, if, if I am going to be one of the few, you know, black volleyball players, I'm going to speak up about the black the black what it means to be black not even just a black athlete but as a black person you know so it's kind of finding validation through these conversations for sure and one other topic i just want to touch on here is mental health um because we, we shouldn't gloss this over uh every american and everyone in the globe is obviously stressed and anxious over this pandemic uh, for student athletes like yourselves this uncertainty for presley and adam not having your sport you built up senior year and it, and it goes away. And so I want to go around and I'll just start with Keon and we'll go back up to, to Presley. Um, you know, Keon, with yourself, with your teammates, how do you make sure that everyone's okay and it's okay to talk about not being okay during this time period and the stress and this anxiety that everyone's going through, especially student athletes? Uh, me, you know, being the only returner for the most part and you know, having to be a leader of this team, I try to express my, my vulnerability to my teammates. Um, I think that's, you know, a, a great attribute of a leader. If you can be vulnerable and, you know, express to your teammates that, you know, that we all have bad days. We all, you know, struggle at times with this or with that. Uh, and then also just making sure we, we stay in constant communication with each other. Um, you know, when we first got here, we had to quarantine for about 10 or so days. And I'm, I'm pretty sure you start to lose your mind. You're just looking at the same walls and the same thing every day. But, you know, with us being able to, you know, have a, a group chat thread where we can constantly still communicate with each other, talk to one another. And just simple stuff is just, you know, laughing and joking around can really, you know, do as do as far as your mental health. Just feeling like that you have somebody to lean on at all times. I think that's really an important thing we need to focus on at this time that, you know, you're not going through it alone, that you have people with you that are going through the same thing. And if you rely on one another, that you can get through it together. Adam? Yeah, for me, I would say, you know, I'm very thankful that we have a team of individuals at our university that is super committed to making sure that all of the student athletes are doing well with their mental health. And, you know, as soon as our season got canceled, I got a text from a counselor saying, Adam, if you ever need to talk, I'm here for you sorry about the news and 
that was just really powerful for me. And I'm so thankful that we have those resources. Um, but as Keon was saying, I think it could be a little different for each person and how they deal with their emotions and, and what's going on in the world today. Um, for me, I lean on my faith and, and I meditate each day to try and get my mind in a space that will make me feel comfortable and, and put me in a happier mood. Um, but I know there's lots of different ways that people attack these things. And um, another way that I would recommend for a lot of people is just speaking with your teammates. You know, you've built these bonds, these friendships where you can confide in people. And, you know, when I come home to my roommates, we all sit down and like have a big conversation just about how the day was. And that always leads to laughter and, and just talking about different things. So it gets your mind off of the troubles that are um, present today. Preston? Yeah, um, similarly, so I'm a captain on my team. Um, I consider myself a leader, even if, when I wasn't officially had that, when I didn't officially get that title. But um, being in that position, you know, a lot of people come to me for help, for questions. And, you know, they know that I'm always going to be there for, for them to lean on me. And I've kind of re very recently kind of said like, hey, I know you guys can always know that you guys can come to me, but I'm going to need to start leaning on you. Um, and kind of like Keon touched on, like being vulnerable is like, it's such a gift and it shouldn't be overlooked and it shouldn't be shamed upon either. And the more that um, leadership, not only like the captains on the team, but um, the staff, the coaching staff starts recognizing um, how, how different um, of an environment you can create by talking about things that make people uncomfortable. Um, it really changes the energy in the room. You know, I, I find myself in such a better mood when I'm around my teammates because they get me um, not just as a volleyball player, not just on the mistakes I made or whether I'm scoring points for them, but, you know, in, in my deepest, truest self. And so it's nice to know that you're surrounded by a community um, and in a bigger sense, the Cal Athletics community for me um, who has my back and, you know, you have those resources as a student athlete and it's, just making sure that you utilize them and you're not afraid to ask for help because that's usually the thing keeping you from being great is asking for help. You know, everybody wants to do it on them by themselves, but it's, it's so awesome having people to lean on people to talk to when you're going through it. Um, and in the long run, it'll just, it'll make you stronger. Well, I'll tell you to all three of you to Presley, Adam and Keon, I really appreciate this. Um, I think the thousands of athletes across all divisions and AI, everyone, that competes, I think, will benefit from listening to your voices. I mean, all of you are leaders in your own right, uh, going through, like everyone else, an incredibly difficult time as you're trying to sort of navigate what lies ahead. Stay safe. Uh, hopefully, we'll be talking about your sports sooner than later. We'll be, remain positive and all this. And to everyone out there, you can always go to our ncaa.org slash social series. We've got all 22 of these archived. There have been great conversations throughout the course of this pandemic. We're going to continue this even after. So we've got a good thing going. We've got great conversations that have been inform uh, informative, educational uh, for the greater good here within the NCAA. To everyone, appreciate it. We'll talk again next week. Stay safe. I'm Andy Katz. Thanks for watching.